What is up, team? Oh, we're back again. St. John's needs overtime to get a win against NJIT. The mighty Highlanders. Shout out to Sean Connery. Um, not a good look. Not a pretty, pretty game by any means. A win is a win, right? We can keep saying that. And uh, we know as St. John's fans, at least... I do, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have been cheering on the team a lot longer than I have, that there's been plenty of years where a game like this has ruined our season because we were able to sneak out with a win, although a not very pretty one, although not one you wanted to see going over time, not one you even wanted to see be um, close. You take the win and you move forward. You don't make any rash judgments like Coach Anderson's got to get fired. That's crazy talk. You don't make any rash Judgments like this team has no chance to finish top five in the Big East. That's crazy talk. Teams have bad games. That doesn't mean that I'm making excuses or that I think we've looked better than bad these past three games since the Indiana loss. We haven't looked good. There's things that are uh, repeating themselves and not getting fixed, which is an issue. Um, today, we finally made a concerted effort to feed Soriano, and when we did, it looked good. Um, but let's start with the first half. Um, we never really got things going. I believe it was 25-25 with about five minutes left in the first half. And um, back and forth game, the last five minutes of the first half, we really started to feed Soriano. Uh, we got to him in the post. He had an and one finish. We got to him off a dump, out, dump off. He had another finish. He got a follow-up dunk, seven points every time he touched the ball in the paint good things happened. Now, I will say, to start the game right away, we looked to feed him the ball in the post. First pass, Smith fed him. Um, I thought it was Soriano's fault. No, it wasn't a great pass. Didn't feed him right where he wanted it, but Soriano didn't do a good job sealing off his man and going to meet the basketball, and it was a turnover because of it. Um, the second time, it was Smith's fault. He threw it between Soriano's legs. So we tried to feed him twice early on. It didn't work. And once it didn't work, we totally went away from it. We didn't look to feed him the ball again until five minutes left in the first half. I don't even know if he played again from his first substitution until that uh, we got back in the game with about five minutes left in the first half. And once we started feeding him, we were able to get some um, good stuff inside and open up other things for our offense. But um, I'd really like to see that be one of our biggest priorities. Champagne is going to be our leading scorer. He's going to hit shots. He's going to score close to 20 points a game. Tonight, he was a little bit off. But for the most part, we're not going to have to worry about getting scoring from Champagne. We have to worry about getting him good looks, but he's going to end up scoring a lot of points. Soriano feeding him, if there's one thing he has shown through these few first handful of games, is he's a pretty good passer. If a double team comes or if he gets stuck in the paint, he can make good passes to the guys on perimeter or guys making cut to cuts towards the basket. And tonight, and I think, you know, more so than people are giving him credit for, he showed a pretty good propensity for finishing around the basket. Not great, all right? He's not Lou Cinder. all right? He's he's not even, um, I don't know, Miles Turner. I don't know. But anyway, he uh, he's capable of scoring in the post. And um, if we feed him, it will attract defenses. It will bring gravity towards the paint. It will allow our shooters to spot up. It will allow Champ to get better looks. It will allow our other guards, such as Smith and Mathis, who aren't really creators, um, Coburn, who aren't really creators, to spot up and have their defenders get drawn towards the paint. 
The five-out offense has shown some glimpses. Last game, we saw that backdoor cut for some layups. Tonight, we didn't really see that. But when the game slows down, it gets kind of predictable. And we don't have guards who are, like I said, super capable of breaking down the defender. And a five-out offense leads to a lot of those attempts. You know, a, a guy have the, having the ball in his hands late in the shot clock and trying to create. And I'm not sure if that's our strength. Um, so we were finally able to build up a pretty decent lead in the second half. Uh, we stopped turning the ball over. We had 12 first-half turnovers. We finished with 18 turnovers overall. So 12 in the first half, that's a big number. 18 overall is a huge number. But we did a much better job after the halftime of taking care of the basketball. Uh, we had a much more concerted effort of feeding Soriano in the second half. Uh, picked up the tempo, and we got a 16-point lead with under 10 minutes left to play. And it looked like we were finally going to cruise to a victory, right? An easy victory running away. Coach Anderson made some subs. I uh, can't say for certain who came out. I know Posh was off the court when this uh, went downhill. Uh, it was a, a big uh, turnover in terms of who was on the court and who was off. I can't say for certain who what the exact subs were, but it was a, a big-time substitution. Three or four guys came out, one of them being Posh, and the lead evaporated pretty quickly. Um, and JIT had eight quick points off some sloppy turnovers. Smith had two turnovers. Can't remember where else they came from. Um, Smith only played 16 minutes tonight, didn't start in the second half or overtime. I'm um, not sure what the deal was with that. I didn't think he played terribly. I just don't think he's a defender that Wusu and Mathis are, and Coach Anderson really, really – you know, loves defense. Tonight, the defense uh, wasn't great. It, it also, we only gave up 16 points in an overtime game, so it wasn't like we were, you know, absolutely a, a travesty on that side of the court. But uh, three-pointers seem to be what's killing this team, giving up open threes late in shot clock situations uh, when teams work the ball around and are patient enough on, on offense and are able to beat the press. They can they can more times than not end up getting a, a good enough look from a three. And teams have been hitting a good enough percentage of those to keep themselves in games. Tonight, uh, NGIT was nine for 28 from three. We were only five for 24. So not shooting well from three. Um, like I said, when you think about Champ, when's he at his best? When he's shooting an open three-point shot or if he's finishing around the rim. Um, obviously, that might seem like a, an obvious statement, but think about it. Is he is he really, you know, a superb creator on offense in terms of getting his own shot when he's when he's dribbling, trying to uh, face up against his man? Um, not really. He's not terrible. He's capable of doing it. But what makes him great is his able to sh is his ability to shoot the basketball, and he's a great finisher on the rim. And he usually, aside from these last few games, is money from the free throw line. Okay, Posh, his best. Chances of scoring are around the rim or an open three-point shot. He's not someone that's really creating uh, offense for himself off the dribble. You know, mid-range jump shots, jump shots, off pick and roll situations, or you know, uh, off the dribble jump shots. Those don't really aren't his game. So, in order to get those guys those great looks, a huge uh, option should be feeding Soriano, attracting defenses, him collapsing onto him. If they don't collapse, he looks to score. If they do collapse, he looks to pass. Um, and then Wusu and Smith as secondary playmakers uh, looking to be more aggressive off the dribble. Mathis, I think, is just going to get his in the flow of the game. I don't think he's going to create much in the half court. But, um, again, I thought he was solid tonight defensively on the break. Had a couple nice drives and finishes that were big baskets. 
it's all about it's all about him filling that role. You know, if you think about Paris Horn, okay, as a junior, Paris Horn averaged like 14 points a game on a bad St. John's team. Might even been as a sophomore, but at some point in his career, he had a he had a year where he averaged close to 14 points a game, and he played great, and it was really good. And it wasn't like he was out there chucking shots. But as a senior, when St. John's had a really good team, Dwight Hardy's emergence the year, Steve Lavin's first year as a coach. By the way, Coach Lavin is still up here. You know, shout out to Stevie. He's kind of a yes man, but it's whatever. Um, Paris took a back seat, all right, and he averaged less than 10 points a game. He saw his scoring drop down, but his efficiency, the way he played, was all about winning, okay? Played great defense, took good quality shots. He became a uh, not a knockdown three-point shooter, but a guy that you couldn't leave open and would take and make big-time threes throughout the game. And I think Mathis has that ability to do that. All right? He's not going to be a big-time ball handler or creator. He's not going to be a big-time scorer, but he can be a huge glue guy because he's a great defender, a great athlete, and he can play in this system. Um, so eventually, I'd get back to the point. NGIT whittled the lead away, got it down to under 10, got it down to 5. Eventually, they tied the game. All right, And St. John's had the basketball with 26 seconds left, tie ball game, all right, with the ball, and their choice was to take the last shot, which I agree with, all right? I think, obviously, you take the last shot, you limit the other team's ability to score before the game ends, and you put the ball in your best player's hands, is what Coach Anderson did. Now, I've said before, I don't think Pasha's, um, you know, perfect in that situation. When a defense knows what's coming, I think he's limited in his ability to both get off a shot and create for his teammates. In the flow of a game, I think he's great. The play before that, he made a great driving pass to Coburn for an open three. Coburn missed a shot because the defense wasn't set up and because it wasn't obvious end of possession type of situation where we knew Posh was going to drive and let you create, he was able to make that play. The next play, when he holds the ball up by half court and dribbles the clock away, uh, the defense knows what's coming. All right, They set that high pick and roll for Champ. Posh tries to turn the corner. He loses the ball. The, the help is there. The defender is there in a good position. We don't end up getting a good shot off. All right, we don't even end up getting a shot off. Ball goes out of bounds. You saw what happens. We get the ball with one second left, and Posh has to put up a prayer with one second left. So am I going to, you know, crucify or, you know, not crucify, but am I going to criticize Coach Anderson for that play call? No. I, I, <clears throat> Do I think it's the best decision? No. Do I understand why he's doing it? Yes. Do I think we figured out what to do in that spot? No. All right. I wouldn't put the ball in Pasha Sands in that spot, but I understand why you are. Champ is not a guy. If Champ's up there dribbling with the ball, all right, then he's got to create on his own. I don't think that's a good look. You're going to think I'm crazy. You're going to think I'm an insane person for saying this, but I'd rather have the ball in Wusu's hands with a pick and roll in that situation make it a play for him or somebody else. I know he's a liability to turn the ball over, but he's more able to get in the paint and then make a pass anywhere on the court or finish himself than Pasha's when the defense knows what's coming. All right. I don't want Wu Su being a full-time point guard. I'm just saying he's able to play make better in situations like that. In a perfect world, I think it's going to be in Smith. He's got the most uh, polished offensive game in terms of ball handling, passing, shooting. In a situation like that, leaves his options open. And I might be repeating myself what I said last time, but I think tonight we saw kind of what I mean. All right, When the defense is locked in and ready for that possession, Posh, because of his size, because of his... An ability to shoot off the dribble, all right? He's easy to gear up against. And Champ isn't the, the most successful guy one-on-one. -on -one. He's got to be created for. So we've got to work on that, 
All right. I, I, I am not going to sit here and say that I think Coach Anderson has proven to be a great decision maker towards the end of the game um, in, in situations to close the game out. I think there's been more than a few times where we've made questionable choices, putting the ball in the guy's hands and saying, here, just go out there and make a play. What that play is, I don't know, but he's got to figure it out. All right. Wasn't a great look. Obviously, you want to at least get a good shot towards the basket. Um, I don't think Posh is the guy to do that specific play. I do think I do think you can't criticize Coach too much for putting the ball in Posh's hands. All right, like I said, I wanted to do it. I don't think it's the best call, but I don't think you can criticize him too much for doing it. Um, let's talk more about Soriano. Right, I'm sorry, NY. All right, the first big off the bench tonight, which was a surprise to some, not to myself. I think he has shown through these last few games, he brings everything that you want Wheeler to bring, and he's not trying to do too much. Now, offensively, he's not a huge weapon. Or he's not a weapon at all. Uh, he missed two dunks. He got fouled on one of them. Um, he hit one of the free throws. He banked that thing straight away. Boom, middle of the backboard. Um, made a lot of good plays defensively. He moves his feet well. I said he looks good in the zone prior tonight in man-to-man. -to -man. He's able to um, make his presence known. I think he's physically stronger than Wheeler um, and taller than, than Stanley. So he brings a, a different defensive presence off the bench. Um, and obviously Soriano, much better offensively. I don't think he's terribly de terrible defensively. I think he's being asked to do too much in this scheme in terms of guarding people away from the basket. But um, NY is an obvious better defensive piece in terms of what we want to do. Um, creating havoc, sliding your feet on switches. Uh, Soriano's proven to be a good rim protector so far. NY looks to be one as well. See how that goes. I'm not really worried about Stanley. I think he'll find his rhythm. I hope Coach Anderson doesn't completely stop using him. Um, Wheeler, you know, we'll see. He's got to find his rhythm and be willing to put in the dirty work. And uh, hopefully he's able to find that and, and help us as the season goes on. Uh, let's look at the box score. Soriano led us. 16 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, he was 6 for 8 from the floor, 4 for 5 from... The free throw line, which is, has been a um, a good sign so far this season. His stroke looks really good from the free throw line, and that big body of his will get fouled plenty. Uh, champ off shooting night, but still always seems to contribute. 14 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 1 block. Um, he was 1 for 4 from 3, 6 for 17 from, from the field. So I'll take my chances with, with him shooting 17 shots, and uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Posh. 16 points, 7 assists, 4 steals, 4 rebounds. All four of his rebounds were offensive rebounds. He does a hell of a job getting offensive rebounds, which you got to understand when he's crashing the boards like that, it leaves us susceptible for getting beat on the break. Um, so you love to see him being aggressive there, and some of those offensive rebounds tonight ended up paying off huge. But uh, we got to realize and we got to make sure we're sending guys back. Mathis, 10 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals. Another guy... Stat stuffed, um, didn't hit a three, didn't take a, th I thought he took a three, maybe it's what was on the line. Um, no free throws, um, good solid all over, all overall game for Rathis, I thought. Smith did have nine points, one assist, one rebound, one steal, three turnovers in just 16 minutes. Like I said, two for five from three, 
So another multiple three-point game for him. That's a good sign. Uh, Coburn had three points off the bench. Didn't play that much. Stanley didn't score. Wheeler didn't score. NY had that one point off the uh, free throw. He had three rebounds, one assist, one steal, three blocks. And Wusu had eight points, six rebounds, three assists, three turnovers, one block. So Wusu had some solid numbers off the bench. Made some big plays. Hit some big free throws late, I thought. Um... So now we go to Kansas. We don't go to Kansas. We move on to Kansas. They come to us <clears throat> on Friday. And, of course, Kansas had their own wake-up call this past week. Uh, they lost to Dayton, a Dayton team that has struggled big time so far this year but still found a way to win. Um, is it good for us? Is it bad for us? I don't know. Kansas might have had a chance to be number one in the country if they won that game with Gonzaga going down. So we would have had a chance to play the number one team in the country, perhaps, which is nice for, for just notoriety's sake. I think regardless, St. John's has to win this game, all right? So <clears throat> Kansas is first or second in the country, or if they're ninth or tenth in the country, it doesn't really matter. It's always going to look respectable, and it doesn't matter because we have to win. So I'd rather play a team who's 15th in the country that we have a better chance of beating than a team who's first in the country who we have a worse chance of beating. It's not like, you know, Kansas losing to Dayton is now going to make it seem like St. John's beating them isn't that impressive, all right? You're always going to... Uh, make a good impression if you beat Kansas. And St. John's really, really needs to make a good impression. If you don't win this game, it's going to be really hard to come out of this non-conference schedule looking like a surefire NCAA tournament team. All right, Even if you run the rest of the table, you're going to have to really, really um, have a, a big-time Big East season that we've seen so far, how hard it is to win against mid-majors, low-majors. Now imagine Big East teams on a night-to-night -night basis. Now I am confident we will rise to the occasion and play up to the level of our competition for the most part, but still, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. So let's go out there and let's shock the world next Friday. Kansas is going to be ready. I, I believe they still have another game before they play us. I'm not positive on that, um, but uh, it's a huge opportunity. I think if we play to our best ability, we can beat them for sure. We can beat pretty much any team in the country on the right night if we play to our uh, the best of our abilities. Unfortunately, so far we haven't seen that. That's a way to also look at the positive. All right, we've yet to really put it all together. We're five and one with our biggest opportunity to date coming up again on Friday with close to a full week to prepare. Let's see what Coach Anderson can do. Let's see if our team can get healthy. Let's see if they can keep moving forward. They can take what worked well these last three games, eliminate some of the stuff that didn't work so well. We got a shot, all right? But, guys, thanks, as always, to tuning in for the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. Um, I'm Pat Kane. For Anthony Mason Jr., this has been... The Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. I already said that. Please subscribe to the YouTube page. Please follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please rate and review. Let me know what you think on Twitter. Until next time, peace.